Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... What you can't lose sight of as a social entrepreneur is connection to community itself because that's a constantly evolving environment and if we are going to run business for social and environmental good then we have to continue to know it's the right solution or that it needs to change. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 307 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today we're speaking with Jess Moore. Jess is the Executive Director for the Social Enterprise National Strategy, an initiative to develop a long-term strategy for social enterprise in Australia so that it can unlock positive social, cultural, and environmental impact. She's also a non-executive director at Peak Body, the Social Enterprise Council of New South Wales and ACT. Over the past 17 years, Jess has worked in leadership positions in social enterprise and peak organizations. She was CEO at Community Resources, one of Australia's largest job-focused social enterprises, and home of Soft Landing, Green Connect, Resource Recovery Australia, and a range of community services. In a final year as CEO, Community Resources was a $35 million organisation employing over 650 people. And prior to this, she led Social Enterprise Green Connect through Startup and Scale-Up. Jess came into Social Enterprise from a background working and teaching in advocacy, systems thinking and movement building, and has led collaborations that changed government policy and decisions. So on today's podcast, we'll be looking through Jess's experience in gaining her insights, and we'll also be learning more about the Social Enterprise National Strategy in Australia. So Jess, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. So let's kick off, Jess. It would be great to learn a little bit more about your background and what it was that led to your interest and passion in social enterprise. I think my first step into social enterprise wasn't specifically about social enterprise itself. I'd actually been working on a campaign to stop coal seam gas mining in the drinking water catchment for Greater Sydney mm. and kept coming up against this enormous frustration where government would say it's jobs versus the environment. If the community wants jobs, this project has to go ahead. And that was so extraordinarily frustrating in terms of the campaign because, of course, there's all kinds of jobs-rich alternatives to gas that yeah. don't destroy the environment. A job came up at Green Connect. Green Connect was still just starting out, but I saw it as this extraordinary opportunity to show through doing that you could both create jobs, and in the case of Green Connect, particularly jobs in a high unemployment community and in groups particularly impacted by unemployment, refugees specifically at the time. Mm jobs that helped the environment at the same time. And it was actually through the process of finding the ways to make that work with the community that I realised what an important tool for social change 
social enterprise can be. Mm. It really started very much almost in a role as an activist and it was in finding those pragmatic responses. I think both as an activist and as someone who learnt through doing that the answers actually lie in the community itself. I think through those two things, realising that there's a whole bunch of technical skills that then have to be layered over the top of that to make the business work and the business has to work. It's such a liberating thing, the agency of of community-led innovation. Social enterprise is this tool that means you're not having to convince government overall as a starting point. Yes. You are driving the solution on the ground with community Mm. that's needed. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you've got all of that experience under your belt now and it's led to you being the executive director now of the Social Enterprise National Strategy or SENS. And this national strategy has just entered the activation phase and it's going to include creating the sort of organisational infrastructure basically to be bringing about the sector together nationally in Australia and developing a plan to engage government and build this national strategy and investment case. So I'm keen to hear why is it that this work is so important and how will people be able to contribute into the future as this is further developed? I think there's a very specific problem to solve at the moment and that is that as a sector we're pretty fragmented, we are under-resourced, so most people in this sector have only known operating in an environment of scarcity and one that often pits us against one another. We're competing for grants, we're competing for survival, and we're pretty time poor. Yeah. And so rather than staying in that pattern, the opportunity is to work together. So rather than look at who gets what size piece of the pie, yeah. to come together and say, how do we collectively grow the pie overall? Mm. And when I say that, I don't just mean funding. Obviously, I think we need a much better government framework to support social enterprise, be that through procurement, be that through rewarding enterprise for the public value it creates and the Mm. government is otherwise paying for. But I think the other enormous potential opportunity is through collaboration, our sector can learn from each other and improve our practice. There's such a wealth of knowledge in our sector, Mm. but we're not necessarily sharing it. I think there's the opportunity to speak with one voice, to get clear on what we need as a sector and speak with one voice to to government and to try and shift the environment in which we operate so that it's more enabling. But also there's the potential to create a more enabling environment for ourselves by working together, learning from one another and building an environment that instead of being competitive is collaborative. And building this enabling collaborative environment, that sounds like a huge win for the sector and and the nation at large. Are there any other specific outcomes that you think this national strategy could lead to? And if so, why is now the right time? Look, I think we could have done it sooner. You know, maybe now is the right time because it's happening. Maybe it's actually that simple in terms of timing. I think the huge potential, we're going through a process right now which is looking at what the vision and mission for our sector nationally should be. Mm. And that's really forced an examination of what is the particular contribution that social enterprise is a good fit to make in terms of what the public need is, in terms of what business is a really good model for creating. 
what's the specific contribution? And it keeps boiling down to four things, mm. which doesn't mean these are the only four things social enterprise do. It just means this is in terms of growth and yeah. large-scale potential, the outcomes are stronger and more enabled sector could lead to are decent work, creating jobs-rich businesses that create opportunity for people who've historically been shut out of the labour market. Yeah. The human services that put people at the centre that are dignified and committed to learning from people what they need in terms Mm. of care and creating that kind of care. Obviously for environmental care and solutions. Yeah. And lastly, this can span all of those things or stand alone for community-led innovation. So be that a particular regional community, an Aboriginal community, community can exist in a whole range of forms but that community coming together and deciding the solution it needs and, and driving on it. Yeah, And so I think s- social enterprise has amazing potential to make a difference on all four of those fronts. Mm, absolutely. And it's a really exciting time, I think, just with all the work happening now and, of course, with the Social Enterprise World Forum coming to Australia in, in September of this year as well. It just feels never before has there been this quantity of momentum moving and just truly exciting. So Jess, you're also a non-executive director at the Social Enterprise Council of New South Wales and ACT, or also known as SECNA. So if we're to bring it down to these two states or territories, where do you see key opportunities for the sector in New South Wales and ACT? And how have you seen it evolve over the last couple of years? Interestingly, I think the first possibility is exactly as it sits at a national level. So that is there's huge opportunity at a state level to bring the sector together, opportunity to advocate with government in terms of the state frameworks that exist. But I'd say the two really big things, firstly, in terms of what's evolved in the last two years is that New South Wales and the ACT are ahead of the national initiative. That is, SECNA's been around a couple of years now. That's really extraordinary, the extraordinary effort of people who otherwise have jobs recognising that we need to come together as a sector and advocate at a state level. Mm. And there's a couple of years of work and connection that's now been built that is a fundamental shift in the landscape. The second thing I'd say in New South Wales and the ACT specifically is right now I think we've got key opportunity with government around social procurement. State government is a holder of such big contracts And it's an opportunity for government to get greater public value for their spend if Mm. they work with social enterprise. In conversation with government, we're working to see a much stronger and more widespread social procurement framework across those two states. It makes absolute sense, right? Like why, if they're going to be spending literally millions of dollars, why can they not use it to unlock some amazing opportunities for the community as well. It's great to see the movement there in New South Wales and and great to see it moving forward. So we'll keep a a keen eye there. But we mentioned earlier too, Jess, that you were the CEO at Community Resources Limited. And that, you know, turned into quite a big organisation when you were there working in that role. What did you come to learn were some of these most important traits of a social entrepreneur? And what was one of the bigger lessons that you learnt while in that role? God, it's such a cruel question, Tom. Across Green Connected Community Resources, I was there for eight and a half years. And it was a constant learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> and to try and distill that period of time into one single reflection that is hopefully helpful to people listening to this. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> I think probably the key thing I came away from that time recognising is that you have to be in constant connection with community mm. as a social entrepreneur. I think we've got lots of frameworks, necessary frameworks and supports that exist in our sector around learning the technical skills of business, business modelling and linking that to impact modelling. But what you can't lose sight of as a social entrepreneur is connection to community itself because that's a constantly evolving environment and if we are going to run business for social and environmental good, then we have to continue to know it's the right solution or that it needs to change. And I think too often that can be lost. Sometimes it can be easy if you say you're doing something for social good to feel like you're saving people or saving the planet when actually I think it's the role of a social entrepreneur to work in community to actually understand the solutions that are needed and to implement them. Some great reflections. I think there's a lot that's been taken from that. And so you've worked across the different developmental stages of a number of enterprises now. So for the social entrepreneurs listening who are working to validate their business model, what advice would you give them? Oh, I feel like I don't want to lean on the answer I just gave because, as I said, there's a whole range of frameworks of support that exist for this exactly. But to give a pithy answer, know the name of your buyer. If it's actually about a business model, I think you can make it work on paper, but you need to actually know exactly who will buy your product if a business is going to work. I'm not saying don't do the work on paper. That's critical. But also you've got to have connection with, with your customer and know who they are. Wonderful advice. Love it. Jess, you're involved with lots of different stakeholders as part of the national strategy and and SECNA. You've got a lot of colleagues that work in the sector. What inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that you believe are creating some brilliant positive social change? This is a really hard question too, partly because of the role I'm in, Tom, and not wanting to name names because there's a whole bunch of amazing people doing work in this sector. But I will point to two that I think are playing an extraordinary role of connector and enabler. That is, they're starting to take more of a systems approach. Yeah. So the first one I'll name, and lots of people listening to this will know, and that's Moving Feast, but it has to be said and should yeah. be said in every forum. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That was really an initiative built out of the COVID crisis and finding a way to mobilise social enterprises across food to get food to people who needed it and to at the same time ensure those businesses could continue to operate but it's really moved into an initiative to connect and build the kind of ecosystem that can be fair regenerative and connected the food system that can be those things so instead of trying to be all things it's trying to connect the pieces of the puzzle and fill the gaps in the puzzle that can mean the food system that looks after people and planet. Yeah, yeah. The other example I'd give is one that's actually quite new to me, and that's the Community Power Agency. Mm. It's probably best described as an intermediary. I don't know if they'd use that language themselves, but they work to support communities to develop and deliver their own clean energy projects. Mm. And it's such a great model, basically, particularly in regional Australia, where often people are leaving, often local economy is is quite depressed, to actually have projects that create local jobs, local income, 
that are also linked to local decision-making and community ownership that can mean energy access, affordability and energy security. I think it's just such a great model for community-led innovation, particularly when we're in such a challenging environment in Australia at the moment for transitioning our energy system, way to deliver at a local level on starting to build that sustainable energy system. So I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah, totally. Look, they're two really great initiatives. And for our listeners who'd like to learn a little bit more about Moving Feast, you can just do a search or jump into this article on the website and I'll link on through to Beck Scott, who we interviewed last year. So there's a little bit more about that story just there. But to finish off then, Jess, what books or other resources would you recommend to our listeners? Oh, part of me just wanted to rattle off the books sitting on my desk right now. (laughs) I have read and continue to reread Impact Networks Mm. by David Ehrlichman. So really trying to understand how to bring people together in system change initiatives and learn from his experience doing that work on the ground. I read and reread a book called Power, a user's guide by a woman called Julie Diamond. I think she really changed my understanding of power in that it's easy when you're often in an advocating role Mm. to see yourself as quite powerless and speaking to power. And I think this book was such a good grounding in knowing and understanding the power that you do have and then using it in a way that is aligned with your values. Yeah. Because power can also be a pretty damaging force. And so I highly recommend that book as well. But the book I think I'd love to plug the most is actually fiction. What is it? It's called 10 Minutes 38 Seconds in This Strange World. And it's by a woman called Elise Safak. I only read it recently and it completely took me by surprise. The premise of the story is a woman has just been murdered. She's a sex worker. Her body has been dumped in a bin and 10 minutes and 38 seconds is the time it takes before she's gone and it's her remembering her life. Wow. And the reason I think everybody should read it, it's a book that reconnects you to your humanity. Mm. It's this extraordinary story of this woman's life, firstly told by her and then told by the people who loved her. Mm. And it's not the story of someone you'd often read. This is, in terms of archetypes, this is not someone's story you'd ordinarily read. And she's this extraordinary woman who was so loved and loving. And I think it's such a beautiful reminder in terms of what actually matters. If you're doing this work, it's easier to get caught up in the world as things are in yep. trying to fit into social norms and having conversations with all the right people in all the right places. Yeah, yeah. And actually fundamental to this work is reconnecting to your humanity. Mm. I just think this is a book that just reminded me what love is. <laughs> I just got really sappy. Sorry, Tom. Oh, <laughs> no, it's a great way to finish up our podcast, Jess. wonderful those sound like three excellent books and we'll put links through to them into your article so that people can click on through and and have a bit of a further look if they wish but Jess we are so grateful for you sharing your time and your generous insights today so thanks so much for that and thanks for all the hard work that you're doing around the national strategy as well in helping really build a strong ecosystem here in Australia we really do appreciate it and we'll look forward to touching base again in the near future thanks Tom and I think 
You need a massive thank you for the work that you do. You mentioned the Social Enterprise World Forum. I don't know that it's known widely enough the enormous role you played in bringing that, bringing the World Forum to Australia, which is such a huge opportunity for our sector, such a huge opportunity in terms of bringing us together as a sector and in terms of speaking to government about the value of what we do, but also for this podcast. Sharing stories among people doing this work is so important. So thanks for having me on, but also thanks for everything you do. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.